Hello, hello. Welcome to Legit to QT with me, Koya. Today, I am so excited because I am here with Alaria Montanagni, right? Am I saying it correctly? Montanagni. Yes. Nice. Yes. Who is, yes, who is hey. the star of the documentary Stronger for Life. Alaria, welcome to the show. Yay. Thank you. I'm happy to be in the show. <laughs> Thank you. So Alaria, I loved I loved your documentary. I loved your documentary. It is so beautiful. Um, it follows mm -hmm. your breast cancer journey and how you, you the whole process. I mean, you showed everything. You showed, you know, you being in the hospital. Um, you showed how you like your treatment, your recovery. You just really let everybody into your life. And I was curious to know, um, I'm curious to know, like, what made you decide to actually document something so personal? I mean, first off, you're just like this, like, super bad a like warrior woman like just you know you're just like all these like fitness classes i saw kelly ripa she was like you were on like the kelly ripa show and like speaking to everybody about your your warrior fitness classes and i was like she's just she's so amazing she, you're just this incredible just incredible incredible woman um and so what but Usually when you are diagnosed with something like breast cancer, a lot of people deal with that privately. However, you decided to make a documentary. What inspired that? Um, thank you for asking, first of all. Um, you know, uh, the reason why I did that is because my mission in life and uh, my entire teaching uh, for over 20 years it has always been about being strong, you know, find your strength through exercise and through training, motivate others to find their strength through exercise, through, you know, even suffering through exercise and all of these things. And I've always said that to everybody. And then when, um, you know, when I started to have an intuition that something was not right with me and mm -hmm. the friend of mine said, I'm just going to come to the doctor and just shoot something about, you know, what's going on here, you know, in, in, just in case, like it really started with absolutely not knowing anything. And then as you see, you know, they tell me it's cancer. I really, you know, I had two ways to go. One, it was really hide into my little black hole and deal with that in a very, as anybody would probably imagine in a very personal way. Mm -hmm. But on the other hand, I, I felt that I, I had to document how I was going to react to such a challenge in my life. Because for 20 years, I'm telling everybody, you know, be strong when things are going to go, you know, tough and you have to you have to be tougher. And, you know, I do all of this now. It's my challenge. What do I run away? So that was the main reason I felt that I was accountable to my community. I never imagined that I was going to do a documentary that was going to go for everyone. You know, at the mm -hmm. beginning, I just thought, all the people that have trained with me, whether live, whether through DVDs, whether through, you know, through all the years of doing your know, travels and stuff like that, I'm accountable to show them how I'm going to deal with this. And mm -hmm. I had no idea how I was going to deal with this. I could have broken down, which I did a few times. I could have just, but I, I felt that I had to do it from a physical standpoint. I thought, you know, people that train may want to know what it's like for a woman to have a mastectomy and then go back to training and doing all the things that I was used to do and where 
I was comfortable doing, they became all very challenging afterwards. Mm -hmm. But also from a mental point of view, I'm like, I think I have to show what this is going to be like. And that's how it started. Mm -hmm. That's why I did it. Mm. Um, there is one moment in the documentary where I think you were opening up a, I don't know if it was the peanut butter or you were trying to squeeze a lemon and you said, lemon. Yep. Yep. we don't realize how much we use our pecs. Um, I actually yes. have a friend who got, she just had um, a surgery, like a breast lift and yeah. she couldn't do anything. Like I had to come over and help her um, to move like she couldn't reach up. She couldn't. I mean, we, we have no idea these like these muscles, how much we use them. And so it, it was even very informative to me. Um, one of the things that I, I really loved, I loved your honesty and I loved your transparency. There was a moment also where you said, I know I have to be positive. I know I have to be positive, but like I'm scared I'm going to die. And that was the most honest, truthful moment for me that I really just want to thank you for that. Because over the pandemic, we all have just experienced so much loss. And I think that we we live in a culture right now where it's like um, toxic positivity, where yes. you have, you know what I mean? Yep. <laughs> where you have like, but we're dealing with like, real things like being confronted with an illness and death that's real and to say i have to be positive and i can't allow myself to feel all of the emotions that's toxic positivity so i also think that you motivated people and really just inspired me as well to just say no like live in live in the present live in my truth that does not make you strong i mean you're probably like the strongest person i know <laughs> No, but thank you. No, yes. believe me, there's a lot stronger than this. And you find your strength through this, actually. You know, you think mm. you're strong until you really have to be strong. Mm. And so I thought I was strong, you know, but doing strong things on the outside is one thing. It's finding mm. your strength. Because when I was told that I had cancer, and I think a lot of people, if they're told the C word, you know, all of a sudden you go through different stages. And one is like, first is disbelief. I'm like, me? Impossible. Mm. I'm so healthy. I've always been. Secondly, you get angry. You're like, why, why me? You know, and like, and then he's like, and then he hits you and he really hits you. And I had a couple of weeks where I was really down and I'm like, wait a second, I'm a martial artist. I'm, I have a fighting spirit and he's gone. And I was like, I cannot believe that I'm like bailing out on myself. You know, eventually you find, I was like, eventually I found it again because it is there. You have to like really dig deep, but you know, no, let me tell you, it's, it's, you think you're strong until you really, really have to. And I think you're right. A lot of people during the pandemic, people have had a chance to find their strong through the challenge of the pandemic and through the loss that a lot of people have gone through and the families. Yeah. Absolutely. And I really like what you just said about mental resilience, also matching physical resilience, right? Because I know when me and my friends, when we speak about cancer, like cancer runs in my family. So oh, when we speak up, when we, it's okay. Um, but when we, when we talk about cancer, it's always like, oh, I need to get, become healthy and I need to start, you know, drinking smoothies with Irish sea moss and doing all these things. And then I actually was just having a conversation with my friend yesterday because I thought our interview was yesterday and I was telling yeah. Annie, Annie, is it today or is it? She's like, oh no, it's today. It's, it's tomorrow. I was like, oh, okay, no problem. But we were even speaking about cancer and I said, well, you know, even if you are physically fit doesn't mean that you can't get cancer. You just, you never know. Um, and so I think that also like your stronger for life was just also awareness around that 
for me, like being healthy, being strong, but also making sure you get regular doctor visits. You even said that in your film, like yep. me, like how can how can I how can I get get cancer? But that just shows you that it could be genetic. You just never know. And so, um, one of the things I also was curious to know is how are you able to assemble your team? Because I I took a look at your website and I saw that you just have all of these wonderful people like uh, that that you worked with. Um, was it just a natural organic process where your friend who who shot the clip, did he then become the DP? How were you able to assemble a team? <laughs> it was actually very natural. There were there were friends that decided to shoot me. Uh, very rarely we hired a professional that I did not know, you know, camera person. Very, it was very, very rare. Everything at the beginning started very naturally. And some were part of my team that you actually saw on the website. Some mm -hmm. were just friends that we just decided, like when I went to the doctor, I mean, to the hospital with my mom for the actual operation was a friend of mine that said, you know, I'll come with you. It was four o'clock in the morning. You know, it's kind of like, thank you. You know, it was like, and we really did it in a very, like you said, organic kind of way. And none of us are professionals. We really did not know <laughs> how wow. much, where we're going to get in how, where this was going to go and how intense this was going to get and be, you know, become, and that's how we started working. But the one thing that I, my entire community has been on me around me and supporting me and that's been one of the most amazing experience that came out of this documentary of the process mm -hmm. of the documentary i love that um have you submitted the the film to different festivals and whatnot what what has the response been from people who have seen the film whether it's been in festivals or wherever you've played it uh, we have not yet started with festival, but I have done a couple of screenings for all the communities of all the peoples, you know, the few hundreds, it's all a few hundreds people of my community and they just loved it. They mm -hmm. loved it, they loved the message. They love that some of them are in it, um, but they mostly, um, no, I'm just going to joke him. It's mostly they love and they understand the message. Again, mm -hmm. it, it is about, you know, saying exercise makes you stronger for life. The stronger for life comes from my entire motto, which is exercise. But as we said, it's not physical. It's great to have a good physique and it's beautiful and you feel empowered that way. But the process makes you stronger mentally and emotionally. And that's what really matters. And that's a really important part. Absolutely. And I, I, I love the testimonial part at the part at the end where everybody, they were saying like, what exercise meant to them. And I'm telling you, Alaria, I was like, I have just, um, I think we all have our auto defaults, right? Like your, your auto default is let's work out. Let's like you like, Ooh, I just love this. Right. In the, in the film, you were like, I love that feeling after a workout when you're just sweating. And I was like, I wish I loved that feeling of a workout. <laughs> I wish that was my auto default. My auto default is where is the ice cream? Where is the cake? And I, I, I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. When I was watching that and the testimonials at the end, even with a lady who also had breast cancer and she, but she was pregnant uh, during the time of filming, and how she yes. said, you know, I want to be strong for my child. I want to be able to like run around and show my child, like, look your mom overcame like breast cancer. And I I really love your film. I can't wait to see what it does in film festivals. It's going, you're welcome. It's going to do, it's, I know it's going to be great because you really don't see people in their, in an authentic space 
when they get cancer. It's just something that people deal with privately. And I really loved how the documentary just shows like the array of emotions and just like that roller coaster that you're on where sometimes you're up and you're down. And then, you know, even with the passing of your your father in the documentary, which, you know, my condolences go out to you and your family. Um, I was just like, wow, like, you went through so much and then you were building a business and teaching your classes and, and, and people don't talk about that. I have one of my friends, her, her, um, my aunt passed away from cancer last year and, um, thank you. It's okay. Um, and I, I connected with a friend of mine who her mother had passed away from cancer. And she said, you know, nobody talks about how your life needs to stop, but it can't stop. You know, like you still have what to work. authentic is that it's so true. So true. Right. Right. And you were able to like you you show that in the documentary how you had to like go to Italy and then come back and like teach your classes and whatnot. And you're in Italy right now. You can even see with like the beautiful <laughs> plates. I just have to say, Alaria, like I when when I say if I could have a relationship with any country, it would be Italy. Like I love the food. I love the wine. I've never been, but I know that I'm in love with it. <laughs> you have to go then. You have to come. I'll say you have to. You really do. You really do. So it's still complicated right now, but let me tell you, it will be a trip of your lifetime. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm really excited. And you went to Italy and while filming, how was that for you and your family? Because you also had somebody in your house with your father, you know, following you and your family around. What was your experience like with that? I mean, thank, thankfully, I have a very supportive family and they, uh, my mom and my brother, as you, that you meet through the documentary, were really like, you know, we're going to help you through this. And at the time, we also did not know how serious my father was going to, you know, was going, you know, what his situation was. So mm -hmm. my father is a typical Italian man that, you know, kind of like, looks sideways was a typical Italian man that would say yes or no, you know, no matter what, or pretending that they say no, but they actually mean yes. So, <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. Like, I want to be like, but in reality, they're just pussycats. But um, I would have never done anything if he wanted. And there were times where he says, I don't want the camera. And we're like, no problem. You know, we yeah. shot actually very little. The footage that we have in the documentary is almost everything that we shot because we didn't have, you know, opportunity to shoot that, mu that much more. I didn't want to bother them. And, you know, whatever they allow me, I did, but I did not want it to overcome my, you know, overdo it with my family. But they were so, so supportive. Mm. What advice can you give other filmmakers who want to create a documentary and it's a, around a sensitive subject? Um, what advice can you give them on like how to respect everybody and their space, how to, um, but still pay homage to the story and the storyline? Um, I think, first of all, you have to be honest and you have to be, like you said, transparent because otherwise you, you're pretending and you're building a stories, you know, and mm. we never build a story. We never acted. We're not actors. We're not, you know, we, we just shot what we felt was going to be important for the message. So I think mm. I would tell somebody, you know, know what the message is, whether it's climate, whether it's, you know, whether it's the earth, whether it's a personal thing, know what is it that you want to give because then there's going to be so many other problems that if you don't have your visions clear and what you want to tell the story, what the story is going to be, 
then it's a mess because at least I, I knew and I stayed true to my story and to the message because we learned the hard way, budgeting, you know, directing, all of that. We knew nothing and we had to like come around and we had a lot of high ends and lows with that as well. But I think if you know your message, at least that that is in place. Mm. And what was the timeline as far as the process for like from concept to creation to editing and then a completed product? We did it. We shot everything. The first, the real, the first was six months, the big, mm -hmm. big shoot. And we shot a little bit more toward the end of the last part of the documentary. We shot a little bit later also because I had another surgery because stuff did not work out the way it was supposed to work out. So we didn't, we bypassed all of that. There was too much going on. So, but so the shooting was for basically the first six months from September to May. Then we just did another little shoot of the very ending. Um, so that is a time span of shooting, probably a year, but it, it took us a long time for post-production to really put it all together and do it the right way. Again, not being in the business industry, being independent, you know, raising the money as we were doing the project, that kind of took us a little bit longer than I guess normally or quote unquote, what maybe other normal <laughs> situation. I actually think it's very normal. I speak to so many filmmakers and they're like, you have no idea. Like some, some of these oh. films, it takes like two to three, sometimes five years to create, especially being an independent. And you, you talked, you spoke about raising the money. What was your process? Did you do like a GoFundMe? Was it like friends and family that kind of gave towards um, the funding process? Cause I know a lot of filmmakers, um, I'm speaking to a filmmaker um, last week and they were like, oh, are we going to go the GoFundMe route? Are we going to go uh, find investors? Um, because here on Too Legit to QT, we're all about giving artists and entrepreneurs the tangible tools and resources that they need to succeed. And so, so many filmmakers, it's like you can have a great script, you can have a great concept, but nothing happens until you have the money. <laughs> we, I know nothing. When we decided... Uh, oh, I have cancer. Maybe I should shoot this because I want to be, you know, accountable to my community. I'm like, mm -hmm. oh my God, that means we need money. And so I was like, okay, let's do a Kickstarter. And I'm like, and we really knew nothing. I'm like, how much do we think we need? Oh, I think we need $20,000. Okay. So I did, you know, I did a, a Kickstarter for $20,000 with my community. And instead we raised $40,000. And we're like, we're rich. We raised $40,000. <laughs> we're doing a movie not knowing that $40,000 does not get you a movie. But we thought, you know, what do we know? But so I did it the first time I did a Kickstarter and they were very generous. Then when I realized that the cost was going to be a lot more than 40,000, mm -hmm. um, I did another crowdfunding. And okay. again, my community came through, they were really generous. So we were able to raise enough for all the shooting process. The post-production, it's 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 a lot, it's it's a different story. I'm, I'm basically raising money on my own and doing it on my own because I, we had to finish it. Um, right. But community and you filmed in Italy too. So the, those costs of like going to Italy and um, anytime you're, you're filming internationally, it's always more money. I'm always curious. I'm like, oh, wow, an independent in another yeah. country? You know, that is, a, thank God, because I'm, you know, I'm in my family, so I'm staying here. The camera person can stay here or come and mm -hmm. eat here. So it's, everybody's been really, really generous with their time, with their money. But at the end of the day, you know, you have to put money because it's it's especially again, the post-production part is it's something that I didn't even know. You know, again, right. I'm learning as I go along there. Um, but sorry, I'm outside. <laughs> I'm really outside. <laughs> I love it. It's like Italian, you know, we're just like outside. <laughs> 
No, I completely, I completely understand. But I mean, I know that you have your, um, that you have your, your fitness business, but I also see a book. I was like, I, I feel like Ilaria, do you have, do I you did have- a book. It was a long time ago. I did a book about my training. Yes. Yes. But even about like your story and whatnot, because I see this turning into like a feature. I'm just, I'm all about motivating and inspiring and encouraging people, but I'm, I'm only saying this and I'm, I'm really, and I mean this and I'm being very genuine. When I say that I, one minute I was crying when I watched the film, the other, then another moment I was so inspired. And I just, I went on that journey with you of your highs and your lows and even your community. Like when you were speaking about, um, when you saw every, when you posted on Facebook that you had breast cancer and getting that support, like for your community, because sometimes a lot of times I ask people, well, what's your motivation? But that clearly was your motivation. You said you needed to be accountable to your community. And even in filming this, like this allows you to like motivated you to continue to persevere. And so I completely see like in your future, like a book, turned into a feature um, about your story. Um, And I just, I really love that you, you're just a great positive uh, representation and image of like a strong woman. You know, uh, sometimes I have friends like, I wanna get in shape, but I don't wanna gain muscle. I just wanna be, and I'm like, I don't think it works like that, but what's wrong with being strong? (laughs) I I do, like I used to box years ago. Yeah, yes years ago that was about like three years ago um and i i loved going into the 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 boxing rink with the guys they used to train for like the golden gloves so very like it like amateur that like not yes yes brotherhood boxing gym in brooklyn because i'm in brooklyn yes um and i i just um you know what i have a friend my friend liza she um liza trains at gleason's right now but yeah. she, but I, I'm, I only like train there maybe like once or twice, but not, not, yeah. not that much. Only, only brotherhood. But I always love the concept of just like a strong woman, and I, I love how you use those, um, those fitness moments as, um, personal development moments. You know, like correlating fitness with strength and whatnot. So. Um, I don't know. I see a whole like um, I think it's called transmedia. I see a whole transmedia thing here. What do you think, Alaria? Well, I think the documentary was kind of like the you know the pinnacle of of trying to do this. And also every class that I do, you know, and every time that I teach and all my virtual training that are supposedly just fitness is masquerade, you know, a full motivational, even though I am not the kind of person that when I'm in class, I would just go like this or tell you to get, you know, stronger. You just find you're strong as you go through the process. I think the process of training physically really allows you to find this. So that's my biggest media and that's the way I connect with more people. But hey, Mm -hmm. thank you. You know, (laughs) you never know. Yeah, Thank we're going to have you back on the show <laughs> and then we're going to talk about your feature film that just got picked up by Netflix. Let's <laughs> make it. I'm all about manifesting. I'm all about yeah, I, I, That would be great. Yes, yes. I love it. I love it. Um, and let's see. I just, I, I don't know. I, I just, I see that for you. I just, I feel like this is just the beginning and you're learning so much about filmmaking and whatnot. Yeah. 
and you have, you know, you were featured on all of these shows in the beginning you show. Now tell us, tell me a little bit about your fitness system. That's one thing that I do want to know about. It's like sword fighting, but for fitness. Kicking. Um, it, my fitness is based on martial arts because at mm -hmm. heart, I'm a martial artist. I love how martial arts always make me feel. And I always felt that martial arts was very restricted to the dojo, to the martial arts studios, where mm -hmm. first of all, it's mostly men. There are very few women. And even then, there's very few people that do martial arts. But the mm -hmm. benefits of martial arts are tremendous. And I wanted to bring the benefits of martial arts to the average person, to the person who doesn't want to be a world champion, who doesn't want to train for a belt or stuff like that. So that's when I started 25 years ago. I started to do bring martial arts in the fitness world. And everybody looked at me like, are you crazy? What is this thing with punching and kicking and swords, especially? <laughs> This is all peaceful. This is nothing to do about, you know, fighting each other is about finding mm -hmm. your strong. And because I found my strong through martial arts. And I think there is a re there is same way people love to go out dancing and you find, you know, joy in dance. I wanted to yes. bring something to the fitness world. And that's where I started. And that's where all my programs and my trainings are based. I'm based on that. And they're also based on strength training because, you know, 25 years ago, I really was in strength training and People will look at me kind of like going, are you going to look too big? Are you going to get muscles? You're like, women are not, you know, like, yes. and I'm like, no, it's not about that. First of all, you're going to get only a little big. Nobody's Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know, something. And it's important to, we should encourage women, girls, you know, little girls to be strong. There is nothing wrong and it's not just for men. So that has always been my, my thing. And that's where all the trainings that I do is based around that. Mm. And, I, and I love that you said that as well, because for me, I look at like my grandparents, right? And like my grandfather and how like his lower back is always hurting or like people have to get hip surgeries. And I think that sometimes we, we forget that because in our society, there are certain standards of beauty or what looks good and what doesn't. But I think we forget like building muscle actually helps you to be strong even when later on in life, when things stop working, you know, it's like this muscle is going to help support your back or your, you know, your shoulders and whatnot. So um, that's one of the things that I did learn when I was boxing. It was like, I, even now, sometimes I have, I'm, I'm definitely out of shape right now. So I'm inspired. I'm going to go to the gym tomorrow, Laria. <laughs> Um, literally, I have like I got some new beats, uh, uh, headphones, and I was like, I'm, yeah. like, I'm gonna be like, you're set. you're set to go, you're set, so you have to yeah. do it. You're like, if Alaria can do it, and you had breast cancer, then so can I. What is my excuse? <laughs> I was like, I have to get it together. You should hear me talking to my friends and family about it yesterday. I was like, I'm getting it together, and and I also it was a little bit um, serendipitous because I was watching your documentary around the time of my birthday. So I was also setting like new intentions. Um, but um, but yeah, like I, I, I do, I feel like women should be empowered to be strong. And even when I was boxing, like I noticed that I didn't really have back pain, you know, and I'm a larger chested person. Um, yeah. And sometimes with my lower back, it's not as strong as yeah. it was when I was doing like deadlifts and whatnot <laughs> every day. Well, actually, you always, there is, it's so much better. Life is so much better when you're stronger. <laughs> it's so much so. better. But honestly, like you said it, then we're going to get older and it's not about 
staying, uh, you know, dying later. It's about being happier and being healthier when we're in our 70s, in our 80s. It's about being able to go to the bathroom by ourselves when you're 90, then, you know, yes. and do and out of the car, you know, doing mm -hmm. all these things. And people don't realize how important that is. We become mm -hmm. a little bit lazy, we become complacent, you know, obviously everything is on a computer, but, and also we, you know, so sometimes you do have someone that goes, Hey, do it, do it for you. Yeah. It's worth, it's worth the sacrifice because it is a sacrifice. You have to find the time, you have to find the energy, you're going to be sore, you know, all, you're going to be sweaty, you know, all of this, but the outcome is so amazing. So mm -hmm. that's one reason why I wanted to do this documentary and get it out because I don't think there is enough motivation for everybody out there to take care of our body we're meant to move we're humans that mm -hmm. are to move <laughs> absolutely absolutely and i just i i yeah i have to get it i literally have to get it together i was watching the documentary and i was like i gotta get in shape i was telling my best friend who's also a film producer and she's um my co-host for this show as well but she couldn't be here with us yep. today tish I was like, you have to see Alaria. And if Alaria can do it, then so can we. So I also think maybe that's the like kickoff for the book is like the reframe of fitness, you know, like mindset. I don't know. What are I'm you gonna, I'm gonna call you when I'm ready to do yeah. that book. Oh yes, yes, we're collaborating. <laughs> I'm going to be like, hey, you said this thing, so now I'm yes, doing you're gonna set well, and you're and you're in New York and I'm in New York. So yes, definitely let's stay in contact. So I know that we are um, approaching the end of our podcast today, but we always ask everybody at the end of our podcast, um, what ignites your motivation and how do you stay motivated? How do you stay consistent and persistent to follow your dreams? Uh, I say consistent and persistent because of the discipline that I've mm -hmm. developed throughout the years. Sometimes the motivation, I don't have it. A lot of times, you know, a lot of for I think this myth of always relying on motivation, it's 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 dangerous because there's many days you wake up and you're not motivated. But one of the things that training has always taught me is I was a disciplined person, but over years of training and training with martial arts, you I think the most amazing thing is that you develop discipline. And when you have discipline, you have freedom because when you don't have motivation, you have discipline. And so you end up doing the, I just came from, you know, doing my exercises. And even my mom is here. It's like, you're in Italy. You just arrived like 36 hours ago. You should rest and stuff like that. And I'm like, you're right. But I just want to stay in my little, you know, like at least every day I have to do like 45 minutes. It may be sometimes, sometimes it's six hours, of course, because it's work and it's a little, I'm a little extreme, but, um, you know, it's like... <laughs> that but it's it's i think it's so the motivation it's 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 a good thing to have but most times is not so the discipline and staying and finding that that discipline is what and that's will allow you to do everything you know once you're disciplined you can do so much mm. and you just rely on that so just for that i would say but the discipline you develop is like a muscle and the more you stay the more you stay on your path the more likely you're, you are going to be staying on on that path. So that's wow. one that's one of my biggest message when I always give everybody is like, listen, you guys, we've got to do it. I know you don't feel like it. You may be tired. It's either six a.m. in the morning or it's seven p.m. at night, and nobody wants to work out because you want to be home, maybe eating pizza and watching a movie. I do too, but like, <laughs> come on, do it. You know. And once you start, it's always much easier. The starting is always the hardest part, mm -hmm. but once you start, it's easier to do it. 
I know we have to go, but I do have to, <laughs> I do have to say, you know, this is so encouraging for me because I really have been trying to figure out how I'm going to lose this COVID weight. And yeah. I really love what you said, because I'm very big on motivation, but even just hearing what you're saying about, um, about sometimes the motivation isn't there, but having the discipline. And then I was going to ask you, well, how do you develop discipline? But then you said it's a muscle. You have to just do it once and then you do it again and you work that muscle. So that's yeah. great. that's great advice. Um, Alaria, where can everybody follow you on social media and find the film? They can find the media. I mean, on my personal social media, it's called powerstrike.com okay. or powerstrike on Instagram. But, you know, the movie is uh, Stronger for Life dot, you know, dot film. And that's on Instagram. Stronger for Life is on Instagram. And so we try to spread the message through that. Absolutely. We'll follow uh, Power Strike Fitness and Stronger for Life on social media. Alaria, it has been a pleasure. I know that this is not the end of our collaboration because I'm helping <laughs> with the book and the feature. Um, <laughs> right. And <laughs> yes. And tell your mom, I said, thank you so much, mom, for being such a support system <laughs> and a light. We love you. Yeah, She's so good. Her. I love her. I loved her on the, in the film. And um, yeah. Thank and you. Thank you so much. My pleasure. I'm, I'm sorry, what you say? Oh, My I pleasure really awesome. talking to you. What a great. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you so much, Alaria. All right, and stay on for just one second while we do our outro. Everybody, thank you for tuning in. You know that we are here every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Bye. Bye.